one of the things we value at New Life is the Bible. We are a Bible-based church. So we're constantly looking to the scriptures, listening to what God has to say, how he would grow us and change us and make us more like Christ, mature us, that we can honor him. And so one of the changes, one of the shifts that we're making as a church is how we encourage families to disciple their children And we're really challenged by Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and following, where the people of Israel are about to enter the promised land. Imagine the burden there is here for Moses, for the leaders of Israel. More than that, God is wanting to set up what you might call an operating system for the people of Israel to pass down the faith in a way that they don't lose faith from generation to generation. They have the best chance possible for one generation to pick up the faith from the previous generation. And so what does God say? Deuteronomy 6, 4. This is called the Shema for Jewish people. Um, This is when Jesus, this is the passage that Jesus quotes from in the New Testament when they say, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? He comes to this passage. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be on your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your home and when you walk on the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Let them be a symbol to your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Could God have made it more clear? You know, one of the things that we're committed to at New Life is to be obedient to Jesus' great commission, go and make disciples of all nations. And the first ones that we ought to be committed to is our own children. God places children into our families. And then he says, you raise these children to love me with all of their heart and soul and mind and strength. And how does he do that? He doesn't say, it's the responsibility of the synagogue. It's the responsibility of the priests. It's the responsibility of the government. He says, parents, in the home, first of all, you need to love the Lord your God. You need to have his word in your heart. And then then you repeat these words to your children. And then you talk about them in the normal flow of the day. You pray together over your meals. You talk about the best way to serve God as you serve others. You talk about how we work. When we work, we work to glorify God. We do our best, whether we people see us or not, because we serve first the Lord, not men. And so just in the normal, everyday flow of life, We nurture our children to be servants of God. And Jesus then comes along and he says later on, if we're going to follow him, we have to take up our cross and follow him. And parents, the best way for your kids to learn that is through your example and then through your words. I shared last time, from a book called Handing Down the Faith, How Parents Pass on Their Faith to the Next Generation, they came to this conclusion. The strongest association to long-term faith transference is with parents regularly talking with their children about religious matters as part of ordinary life. That's Deuteronomy 6. 
They continue, parents who have a warm and kind relationship with their children were more likely than others to transmit similar levels of religious faith. I can tell you one of the reasons that I love the Lord is because I saw that modeled in my parents and grandparents. But more than that, I, they had a commitment to the church. Our church was our family, our, our second family. And I saw that in other adults in the church that I admired, in other marriages in the church that were examples for me. And so we transmit our faith to others, to our children, by our example, but by sharing out of our own life. And parents, there's such an opportunity. You know, I used to teach when I was when I coached baseball. I would tell our parents, the best thing about playing baseball is it gives you an excuse to spend time with your children. And I would say, you know, an underhand throw is not an athletic move. You don't have to have a lot of athletic talent to take a ball and just toss it underhand to your child or roll it on the ground to your child. And I said, I said, let me encourage you to spend 10 minutes a day with your child in the backyard, just tossing a ball back and forth. It doesn't take a lot of natural ability, a lot of sports talent, but in 10 years from now, that 10 minutes that you spend together, those times that you spend together, if they're joyful, if they're relaxed, will be times that you, more important than baseball was the relationship that you nurtured together. And so it is with our faith. We, we read scripture, we pray to God, and then we walk with our children. And it's just natural for us to talk with them about, about our relationship with God, about what we're learning in the Bible, about, you know, I remember my grandmother teaching us um, you're the light of the world or you're the salt of the earth and talking about what, what salt does and all the different um, f- uh, effects that salt can have. I can still remember that. that day. Well, that grew out of my grandmother's relationship with God out of her own personal Bible study. And it was just natural for her to, to share it with us. Now, we would have preferred at that moment to be out swimming probably. But I, I look back on that and I'm so thankful for that time that she spent with us. And so what we want to do as a church is rather than saying to parents, parents, we the church can raise your kids spiritually and you can help if you want to join us and volunteer sometimes. And we want to say parents, no, no, you can do it. And we want to help you do what God has called you to do when he entrusted these children to you. Now, what does that mean practically? Well, for us, it means that we um, have put together, we are putting together a team. This is so new in New Life. Some of this new stuff I'm talking about, we've, we're putting together a team that, w- of, of, that will be responsible for family discipleship ministry. And where this will go eventually is that we will have resources available to help parents at every stage of life with their children know, have, have resources to be able to disciple their children along the way. And we'll offer training for parents as well with that. I'm so thankful 
for the people that we have who are starting to get involved in this. Second, um, and what we're going to do immediately, though, is we are going to unite parents with middle schoolers and high schoolers on Sunday morning worship. I think for far too long, it's been, a, I think we've made a mistake. I think churches have been making a mistake in dividing families on Sunday morning. One of the best things that you can do to facilitate your relationship with your kids is to worship together. I can tell you from my own experience, I'm so glad when I'm, as a kid, I worshiped with my parents. Sometimes it was when I was in, you know, fifth, sixth grade and would just go and sit in, in, in um, Wednesday night church. But sometimes, you know, certainly it was in junior high and, and senior, just sitting there in the services and observing the adults and listening to the messages, even though there was a sense in which it wasn't all for me, but that was good for me to know. I could sit there in this service and, and something really important was going on and it, wasn't, and it wasn't all about me. But it was important for me to participate the best that I could. Parents, your kids need to see you model worship. They need to see your love for God. And as you sing, I can still picture my parents and, and my brothers and sisters actually worshiping on Sunday morning. Parents, you need to listen to sermons together so you can discuss with your children what you've heard. Your children are smarter than you may give them credit for being. Too many parents are like, oh, my kids can't sit through a sermon. My kids, you know, they're not going to pick up anything. Oh, first of all, I don't think that our messages are, I think our messages are about as accessible as you can find. And they're interesting and certain based on the Bible, a lot, of, a lot of stories from the Bible. They're very practical. They're not hard to follow. But more importantly, we teach the Bible every Sunday. And it's really important for you to learn the Bible together and then be able to discuss that together. I, I remember one Sunday being in, the, in my grandparents' car as they were talking about speaking in tongues. Part of the discussion on Sunday morning had been speaking in tongues. And I was sitting back there thinking, speaking in tongues, what in the world is speaking in tongues? I started learning about speaking in tongues because I was listening to these conversations about things in the Bible that I wasn't sure, but I knew it was important. And that was the beginning for me to learn. I can tell you, I I learned the book of Galatians because of a revival service where we brought in, our church brought in a professor and every night people came to the services and he taught another chapter in the book of Galatians. I learned more about the book of Galatians in that week than I did when I was in college, uh, in in Bible college. And I, I also got the tapes and listened to them afterward as well. But it's so good for you to be able to sit in these services and to learn about the Bible together and then discuss them together. And then one of the things that we're going to do is we'll put together questions, parents, for you to be able to ask your uh, your kids questions. I mean, certainly you can just ask, so what'd you hear today? Did you learn anything today? Um, And see how that goes. But we'll also offer some questions for you to be able to, to ask as well. Um, and maybe for your kids even to be considering as they're listening to the messages. You need to take communion together, by the way. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were taking communion. And immediately, involuntarily, I closed my eyes and immediately went back to sometime when I was in junior high and high school, sitting on those old wooden pews in Meadville First Christian Church, taking communion 
And I remember thinking about the people I was taking communion with and how many of those people have gone and how many of those people now are so much older. And I remember thinking of the sins that I would confess in those days and the sins that Jesus has forgiven me of since then. You know, and there was this, I I, I thought, how many kids are going to be, you know, 40 years old and they're not going to have that foundation of having taken communion as junior hires and senior hires with other adults to be able to build their faith on. So many kids have a shallow foundation because Sunday mornings they've been separated to have something done specifically for them that hasn't necessarily been the best way for them to grow. Parents, your kids need to watch you take communion. You teach by example. They need to see you and your seriousness in this matter. Listen, change is hard. I understand. The reason people live in insanity, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Part of the reason people live in their insanity is because it's hard, harder to change sometime than just, just to stay insane. Let's be candid. If all people look at is short term, this is going to be tough. Some kids are going to push back. Now, everybody wants everything to be designed for them personally. You know, if given the choice between an hour that is designed specifically for me or an hour when I was a kid or an hour that is designed in general for adults that I have to fit in, I'll take the hour that's specifically designed for me. It's going to require more discipline for some kids to sit and to worship. And parents, it's going to mean that we accept responsibility for raising our kids to know the Bible and to love the Lord with all their heart. But tell yourself the truth. We accepted that responsibility to raise our children to love the Lord the moment we had that child. It's a matter of doing our best, not doing what's easiest. So keep this in focus. What churches have been doing for the last 30 and 40 years has not been working. We keep saying we're losing the generations. We're losing our kids to college. They're leaving the church and not coming back. That's insanity. And we don't want to lose another generation. So right now, as I said, for 18 years, everything is geared to appeal to our kids. Then they graduate from high school and they don't make the transition because they've been told, oh, the worship services are for adults, not for 18-year-olds, not for 19-year-olds, not for 20-year-olds. They don't make the adjustment because they don't feel like that worship service is for them. And they leave the church and often don't come back. Deuteronomy 6, the family seeks God together. In ancient times, families worshiped together. Children were included. When I was young, we were expected to worship with the adults and to participate as we could, and we felt like we fit in. We knew it was important. We learned more than we realized. So, if you have any questions, we understand. I would invite you to ask. I have friends who have taken their churches through this transition, and I understand it's not easy for everybody. Some people left this, my, one of my friends' church because they wanted a youth ministry that was designed 
to entertain their kids more. And they didn't want their kids to have to sit on Sunday morning with the adults. But I hope that you will unite with us in this transition, that you'll give it a try. Losing our children may be the most significant loss of all. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And we believe that God wants to build his church in the next generation, not just the current adults. And we believe that if we will build families who disciple families, if parents will disciple their children and the church will facilitate that, that God can build a stronger generation, the next generation. If you have any questions, let us know. I hope you'll join us in this. Heavenly Father, make us your church for your glory, by your power. This is my prayer through Christ. Amen.